0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, September 9th. I'm Gavin McGoff.
1: And I'm Kara Pallone.
0: In today's headlines, local teens visit Denver for AIDS, outreach, and education.
1: Single-use plastics are asked to go.
0: A Day in the Life of a Miner with Finton Cole.
1: And a mountain weather forecast.
0: It's the February event that's synonymous with big-name designers and the colorful flair of local models. But the Telluride AIDS benefit, at its core, is about raising funds and conversation around a historically stigmatized disease. Over the summer, TAB sponsors a trip for high school students to learn about HIV in Denver. Ava Osborne who is involved with the TAB fashion show for students, says that over the years, she's become more comfortable with speaking out about the HIV virus.
1: When I was a freshman, sophomore, I would kind of just sit in the back and be quiet and let everybody else talk about it. Really, it's the community that has made it designatized for me and growing up in a place like this, I, I want to learn more about it and I don't mind talking about it and I want to bring that to other children.
0: Osborne and about 20 other Telluride high schoolers recently returned from a tab trip to Denver. While there, students learned about current HIV issues at the Children's Hospital, met with community activists, and learned firsthand about the challenges facing at-risk communities. One of those groups with a high rate of HIV infection? Denver's unhoused populations. Taylor Carlson was on the trip as well and says that visiting Denver's homeless community shifted her perspective.
1: A lot of people um, take for granted what we have here and you don't realize how lucky we are. Um, So it was a really big thing to see that. Um, And it's just really heartbreaking to see that these people need so many things and they're just neglected and don't get help from anyone.
0: Amongst youth nationally, confidence around discussing HIV is not the norm. Jessica Galbo, the director of TAB, says that good sex education is rare in the U.S. A lack of knowledge around HIV is putting teens at risk.
2: HIV in youth communities, the conversation is not ongoing. So some of the increase in infections, the fastest rates of increase even though they're slow, are still in that 13 to 24-year-old age group.
0: Galbo says that the trip to Denver is integral to raising awareness amongst TAB students. She recalls being in Five Points with the students, a Denver neighborhood with significant homeless populations.
2: Some of the students we were walking around in Five Points were saying, I just feel so uncomfortable, like so overdressed. So, you know what I mean? Like they're really kind of understanding their privilege in a different way. Um, And they're really open to that conversation and they get really excited about it. We also joined AIDS Walk Colorado um, and the students walk in that and just realizing that there's a lot of populations that need allies and that they can be an ally for any group or issue.
0: Galbo says that the next challenge for HIV and AIDS awareness is empowering young people to speak with confidence and authority about a disease which continues to prey on society's most marginalized. That education can then ripple outward.
2: The way that we can address it is by educating youth leaders and, and you know, kids that are going to grow up and be in positions of you know making decisions and you know, understanding these issues.
0: Taylor Carlson agrees. She hopes she can continue work with TAB and continue to educate about HIV wherever she ends up.
1: Just wherever I end up, you know, I have this knowledge and I can make a positive difference with it by sharing it with people and helping people that need help.
0: All fall and winter, students at the high school will be preparing for the TAB student fashion show in early February.
1: If you haven't shaken that plastic straw habit yet, it might be about time. And, you know, you could leave that lid behind as well. This is because Telluride is moving slowly closer to a ban on single-use plastics. The Ecology Commission voted at its September meeting to ask the town council to write up and consider an ordinance severely limiting the use of disposable plastic. Mayor Delaney Young explains that a centerpiece of the law would be called a skip-the-stuff order
2: which it was, can go into effect as I mean, soon as you really want it to, mm-hmm. um, which tells restaurants you must not give this stuff out unless someone asks for it. And you should try to find alternatives now because the third part is this plastics ban
1: An outright ban on single-use plastics, such as cups, lids, containers, and other essentials of the to-go economy, would not go into effect until July 2024, giving plenty of room for transition. Commission member Jonathan Greenspan says that for many diners and restaurants, this won't be a radical change.
3: Ironically enough, a lot of these places are already doing it. I think all of us, all of you guys are very intelligent you go into a, a, a get your, your to-go bag or, or whatever, and you're not going to get the handfuls of stuff. That is the generality of this one.
1: Jenny Russell, also on the Ecology Commission, says that the next step is working with town council to hammer out the details and draft the legislation.
4: What I'd like to see is us have the discussion with council, make sure they're on board, and then see, make sure that these things that we've discussed, make sure it gets into the draft ordinance that we then comment on next month. Also included
1: in the ordinance will be an immediate ban on polystyrene or styrofoam. Mayor Young reports that Telluride will not be moving alone in its plastic ban. In Colorado,
2: there are, she says, eight municipalities that are interested in doing this on a parallel track with the town of Telluride. Compostable and biodegradable
1: plastics will be included in the ban, at least initially, because Telluride doesn't have an industrial composting facility. Before potentially becoming law, the issue now must be taken up by the town council.
5: You can't touch this. You can't touch this.
0: The story of a new school year is in its beginning pages. This week, on a day in the life of a minor, Telluride High School's Finton Cole talks creative writing with
3: teacher Holly Coddington. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you all had a great summer. I have some new teachers this year and I'm interviewing one of them. Miss Holly Coddington is with us today. Miss Coddington, how long have you been at the school?
4: Well, thank you for having me, Fintan. This is really exciting. Uh, So I have been at Telluride High School for two years now.
3: What are some previous experiences teaching creative writing and short stories?
4: Wow. Uh, I have quite a few of them. A lot of my experience with creative writing and short stories is as a student like you guys. But I started teaching at New York University, where I also studied and I taught the undergraduates there. And then from there, I taught in Denver and ran a bunch of workshops before I came here.
3: While you were at college, what sports did you watch from the stands?
4: Oh, Fenton. Well, I much prefer playing sports to watching them. I kind of get bored sometimes from the stands because I lose attention. But the sports I did watch were football. I went to CU Boulder for undergraduate and football is a huge thing. So I watched from the stands and also basketball because I used to play it. So I know the rules.
3: Where did you first work as a creative writing short stories teacher?
4: Uh, so that was in New York at New York University. That was, that was my first job. And finally, who's your favorite football team to watch on TV? Mm, Can I say none? (laughs) Uh, Probably the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's because my mom grew up in Kansas City and she loved them. So as a kid, we would watch the Chiefs. Um, So not the Broncos. Sorry.
3: (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us, Miss Coddington. And. That will be it for the Sports Update. I'm Fenton Cole reporting live from Tellatt High School. We will see you next week.
1: Will the quiet of off-season call for a renewed creative pastime? If so, the AHA School has you covered. The nonprofit has announced its fall lineup of classes and events. Offerings range from open studio figure drawing to week-long intensive courses covering plant-based textile dyes or plein air painting. Courses in cooking, ceramics, jewelry making, and much more are on offer from instructors across the region. Courses come with varying costs, and tuition assistance is available. For more information on courses and open studio opportunities, visit AHA's website at ahhaa.org.
0: Democratic Senator Michael Bennett says he'll participate in five debates next month as he campaigns against Republican challenger Joe O'Day. The debates are scheduled throughout October, with just one taking place outside the Denver metro area. That event will be in Grand Junction late next month at Colorado Mesa University. Bennett's schedule did not list an upcoming debate hosted by Club 20, a conservative-leaning organization on the western slope. His first debate is October 12th at the University of Denver. Bennett is running for his third term in the Senate, with polls showing a consistent lead over O'Day.
1: Colorado is rolling out new booster shots this week that target the latest coronavirus variants. As KOTO's Scott Franz reports, health experts hope residents pair it with a flu shot.
5: Heather Roth leads the state's vaccine division. She says when colder weather starts sending people indoors this fall, the new booster and flu shots will protect them from multiple threats.
4: You can get both of these vaccines on the same day in different arms, um, it's, it's safe to get them on the same visit.
5: The Omicron boosters were approved by the CDC last week and are available to residents ages 12 and up. Roth says Colorado expects to get enough doses this week to avoid supply issues. I'm Scott Franz.
0: Chokecherries cherries are abundant at this time of year with their distinctive deep purple color. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KGNU's Shelly Schlender brings us this Nature Almanac report on a seasonal favorite.
3: It's September. What's happening in the natural world? Here's Boulder naturalist Steve Jones.
5: It's a beautiful, cool, late summer morning here in Bear Canyon in the Boulder Mountain Park. Those of us living in South Boulder have been reveling in the monsoon rains this summer. Since July 20, we've received more than five inches of rain. And it's sort of the opposite of the last two summers that were very dry. This summer we had a dry spring and now a really fruitful summer. And it's quite beautiful. There's still a lot of greenery up here. You have the sumac berries, you have the wild plums. Of course, we have apples up here that were planted by Europeans, but I think the biggest beneficiary of all this moisture has been the choke cherries this year. We're standing amid really healthy, beautiful choke cherry bushes. It's sort of like Christmas for choke cherries here. Now, these choke cherries are deep, deep purple in color. That means they are ripening. Oh, there's a hummingbird. Two hummingbirds coming into the choke cherry shrub. Ooh, that female's about four feet away from us. She just perched. Now they're looking for insects. Many of the peoples of the Western Plains described the last full moon of the summer as the chokecherry moon. And, you know, the bears will get these very soon. You, you'll see the bear scat along the trail here, and giant bear scats just filled with chokecherry pits. But they haven't come down here yet. I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah, you can hear the scolding catbird, and then it uh, looks like a chickadee. It's finding insects in the bush. When I'm out in the field, I eat chokecherries. It's forbidden to pick any wild fruits in the Boulder Mountain Park because we need them for the wildlife, especially the black bears who, without chokecherries, they'd be in a lot of trouble. But I did uh, pick a few in my backyard. So I thought we would share a couple here. I think they're unusually sweet this year. You know, the name chokecherries is because they're very astringent if you pick them when they're young. But, Shelley, let's try them and see what they taste like.
2: They're, they're still, a, they're little still astringent. a little
5: astringent. For you, for me, yeah, this is pretty good. And what I would normally do is wait till the first frost hits and they shrivel up like raisins and they lose almost all their astringency. But this was really the number one source of vitamin C on the Great Plains. And they're also strikingly beautiful, the beautiful dark purple berries. Onyx is a great description. Anyway, this is part of the gifts given to us by nature, and the Lakota and many other tribes choose this time of the year to celebrate the sun dance, which is a celebration of the gift of life from the sun. Choke cherries are part of those ceremonies. If you'd like to know more about chokecherries and their ceremonial uses, there's some excellent articles in the Lakota Times, which is easy to find online. One of the titles is Kanpa Chokecherries. So I think when we're out here walking, we can photograph them, look at them, honor them, and if you have a big backyard, it's very likely you have chokecherries growing in your backyard or along the sidewalk near where you live, and you can taste them from time to time and just relish that flavor, which is the flavor of the gift of life.
2: Steve Jones is the author
3: of the new book, Nourishing Waters, Comforting Sky,
5: and co-author of
3: Butterflies of the Colorado Front Range.
1: National Weather Service forecast for the Western San Juans calls for a chance of showers tonight with a low of around 50 degrees. On Saturday, there's a 50% chance of rain and thunder with possible areas of smoke and a high around 60. Saturday night should be mostly cloudy with a low around 45. Sunday should see some partial sun, but a chance of showers and thunderstorms may linger with a high in the mid-60s. Sunday night should be partly cloudy with a slight chance of showers and a low of around 50 degrees. This has been the news for Friday, September 9th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.
0: We would like to thank everyone who donated to Koto during our summer fun drive. A huge thank you to... Kevin Bell. Alan Bradbury.
1: Marilyn Branch.
0: Mark Charles.
1: James Crossland.
0: Richard M. Foley,
1: Andrew Malloy.
0: Adam Mosier, Brett Newman, Sam Miguel Power,
1: John Schwartz,
0: Ron Shin,
1: Marilyn and Sam Siegel,
0: Cindy Wozinski,
1: Angela Mallard, Tiffany
0: Osborne,
1: Shannon Gowdy,
0: Erin Reese and Chris Myers,
1: Margaret Taylor,
0: Jason Corzine, Jason.
1: Lou None, Tuck Gillette, Wally and Nancy Hall,
0: Vicki Hormuth,
1: Larry and Denise Scanlin,
0: and Bree Butler. Thank you all so much. Thank you for me be
2: myself again.
0: And now, a personal commentary.
6: Hi, this is Adrian Berger, Executive Director of the San Miguel Watershed Coalition. Please join us for a river cleanup on National Public Lands Day on September 24th from 9 AM to 12 noon, followed by a cookout until 1 PM. The Watershed Coalition is partnering with the BLM, Telluride Mountain Club, Sheep Mountain Alliance, and local outfitters to host a cleanup of the river corridor between Norwood Bridge and Caddis Flats Campground. The BLM is giving volunteers National Monument and National Park vouchers and National Public Lands Day t-shirts. The cleanup will be from 9 to 12, starting at the Caddis Flats Campground. Volunteers will be assigned stretches of the highway and river to clean up between Caddis Flats and the Norwood Bridge. The BLM is providing PPE, including safety vests, trash pickers, gloves, and protective eyewear, and trash haul services. We will reconvene at noon for a cookout at Caddis Flats. The Watershed Coalition is encouraging volunteers to carpool and arranging a carpool meet-up from the Lawson Hill Park and Ride at 8.15 a.m. For more information and registration, please visit SanMiguelWatershed.org. Thank you. Hope to see you there.
1: Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at CODO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.